beautiful snowbirds. Gotcha, didn't I? Hey, it's wonderful to see you again. Thank you for, for braving the snow. And let's shout a hello to all the people that stayed at home and are watching online. Hey, give we're glad, we're glad. We're glad you joined us too. So, so listen, um, the notes that you have in your hand, that a lot of you have in your hands, are not for today, okay? <laughs> Those notes were actually supposed to be for today, but when I made the decision we were just gonna have one service today, I'm like, this message I actually wanna do in all three services. So that message, the, the notes that you have are actually for next Sunday. So that meant yesterday afternoon, I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you need to give me another message for today. And how many of you know God is faithful? God is a good God, he's so good and so, Listen, I want to just tell you, you are absolutely the best. I want you to hear me. You are the best. You are destined to accomplish great things in the name of Jesus Christ. You are valuable. You are precious. You are ordained and anointed by God to do His will. To, to, to further his gospel, to live your life in submission and surrender to him. That's who you are. And so I'm praying yesterday afternoon, I'm like, God, what is it today that, that I had this whole message planned, God? <laughs> like what? So what is it today that you want me to encourage your people in tomorrow? What is it, God? What is it, God? What is it, God? And I heard God say to me very, very clear, it's time to break the cycles. It's time to break the cycles. Turn to your neighbor and look them in the eye and say, it's time to break the cycles. It's time. There's a song by an artist that I love that talks about cycles. And Diva reminded me last night, late last night, of a line from when I told her what my message was going to be about today. She reminded me of a line from this song about cycles. And she said, Matt, remember this line? It goes like this. If you don't learn from your mistakes, guess who learns from your mistakes? The devil. The devil learns from your mistakes. So he knows exactly what to do to keep you trapped, to keep you stuck, 
And so I came today, my family, to encourage you, and not to just encourage you, but to give you power from the Word of God to break the cycle. And what am I talking about? I'm not talking about like the extra cycle or a bike or whatever. What I'm I'm talking about getting stuck in this thing where you're doing the same things over and over and over again, and you actually get so entrenched in this that you actually think there can be different results from doing the same thing. Or you're stuck and it's like, but this is how I've always been or this is all I know to be. And so you actually feel stuck and you can't figure out what's going on. Why does my life look the way my life looks? It's time to break the cycle. There's three different cycles we're going to look at today, my family. And so you can use, we'll print some new ones because the date won't be right next week. So just write all over that, scratch it out, do whatever, or just just make mental notes. The the first cycle, family, that we're going to look at today, it's time to break the cycle of fear. It's time to break the cycle of fear over your life and over my life. No more fear. No more. And it's something that we all felt, we all feel at different times in our lives. There are things that actually scare the living daylights out of us. When we think about what could happen or, oh my goodness, what could happen to my kids or my, what, what, what if this company goes under or what, you know, what about the next election or, oh my goodness, there are things in our world that can absolutely paralyze us. Do you know there are people that are afraid to leave their homes? They're so paralyzed by fear, they're afraid to leave their homes. And and so for most of us, that's not the case. We get out and about and we do what we need to do. And we've learned how to deal, how to cope with our fear. But I didn't come today, family, to tell you how to cope with your fear. I came to tell you today how to conquer your fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a conqueror. You're a conqueror. And so in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, Moses has died. And the children of Israel did not make it to the promised land. And so there's this whole nation of people now that are just out there. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And so much, when you read through the Old Testament for the children of Israel, so much that you see is their actions and their reactions were based on fear. Even though God had proven himself to them time and time again, they were still so very, very afraid. And so God began to speak to, jo- to Joshua. And he said, hey, Joshi, Moses is dead. You're the man. And he gave him a key, family. He gave him a key to overcoming fear. Before I tell you this scripture that, that I'm sure we, we, most of you, you've, you've heard several, several times, I need to tell you what God himself said to Joshua before this very, very popular scripture. Josh said, or God said to Josh, he said, hey, Josh, 
in Joshua 1. He said, hey, Josh, you need to obey my word. You need to know my law. You need to know my word and not just know it in the sense of your mind, but you need to know it in such a way that you behave, that you know, and it changes the way you behave. It's not head knowledge, family. It's absorbing and internalizing the word of God so that it changes the way you act. You need to know my word and you need to obey my word. That's a key. You going in and possessing the land that I promised your forefathers. It's yours. And so God then tells him these incredible commands, family. In Joshua 1.9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I don't think we understand. I think we missed that first line, family. Did you hear what God said? It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not, you know, and and you hear these things in the world that it's like, well, everybody deals with fear. Everybody has anxiety. It's just the way it is. You, You know, we all feel fear at different times and it's just a part of life. Well, we have this command from God that says, you're not like everybody else in the world. Amen, family. You've been given a command. You're not allowed to allow your fear to control you. Hear your pastor this morning. Why? Because you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. You're not controlled by fear. And so it's not a suggestion. It's not God saying to you, well, you know, there are some things though. I mean, this is pretty scary. Oh my goodness, what's gonna happen? And what, you know, in those situations, it's okay. God is saying, look, Have I not told you you're not allowed to be controlled by fear? Why? Because you've got me. I'm never going to leave you, no matter what. I'm never going to turn my back on you, no matter what. You have me. And so all the, yeah, but what about, and oh my goodness, but I don't know how this, I, like it's in those times, family, that you need to say to yourself, I don't have permission to be controlled by my fear. I have been commanded by my maker. I have been instructed by my father. Wake up. I'm with you. Everything you see, I made. You know how much power I have. Why in the world would you be afraid of anybody else? I've got your back. We've got to remind ourselves that. When the snow comes, family, my kids know, and Diva knows, poor Diva. Would you all just just say a prayer, extra prayers for Diva? I mean, in May, we will have been married for 25 years. How many know she has a huge mansion waiting for her? I mean, huge. Oh, when she gets to heaven, it's going to be like Diva Lane. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, uh, 
when the snow comes, my family knows. Like the first thing, Diva grew up in Arizona. You know what I mean? And my kids are my kids. You know what I mean? And so uh, the first thing I start doing is that, and so the whole way to church this morning, ask Nico, I'm talking to Nico literally the entire way to church. So bud, when you go to school tomorrow, like you need to just like take it slow. No big, huge motions and just like really just touch on the brake. When you see a stop sign coming, you need to make sure you're, st- you're starting to stop way before. And he's just sitting there like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, I'm, and, and my family knows, I'm like, you get where I'm going? And he's like, yes, I understand. And bud, when you get to school tomorrow, I want you to text me once you get there. And, we, and it's just like, I'm not allowed to be afraid and, and, and project that fear onto my family. I don't have permission to do that. God is with Nico, amen, family? God is with your family. God No matter what happens, God will not leave us. No matter what. No matter what's in front of us. No matter what's to come. God says, I'm taking you to a promised land. If you'll know my word and do what I say, if you'll believe me, that I'm with you everywhere you go. And so say to yourself right now, family, he's with me everywhere I go. He's with me everywhere my family goes. (laughs) Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not allowed to fear. Why? Because he will never leave me. How do you break the cycle of fear? You know the word of God. And you obey the word of God. And you put the word on it. When fear starts to come up, put the word on it. Use the word of God like a sword. And strike down those negative thoughts how you break the cycle of fear. What else? A couple more cycles. This one. It's time to break the cycle of pain. It's time to break the dance with pain. I hate pain. Do you hate pain? I realized something. You know what I hate even more than being hurt by someone? I hate being the one to cause pain. But we all do it, don't we, family? We all cause pain. And so how do you break the cycle? of hurting people. How do you break that pattern? And so that's one side of the coin. How do you break the cycle of being the one that hurts other people? The other side, the other hand, is how do you break 
a cycle of abuse? How do you break the cycle of, of being the doormat and being the punching bag and being the scapegoat? And be, do you know there are men and women, and, and this is where it gets me mad, do you know there are children that are caught in a cycle of pain at their parents' or grandparents' hands? How do you break the cycle of pain? All of us have caused pain. Nod your head at me if you know. Like, come on, you guys. Not, you've caused people pain. All of us have had people to hurt us. But I'm talking about the cycle. The cycle of pain. Where it's like you think things are fine. You think you've... You've grown, you think you've matured. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm through that, I'm past that. That used to be something that was a part of my life when I was younger. And before you know it, that raging beast comes back. And when that anger rises, everybody knows, hold on, because she'll say whatever it is she wants to say. He'll do whatever it is he wants to do. Just hold on, because here comes the pain. That's this side. The other side is, well, it's different now. Things have changed. Things can get better. Things, things that, like, the other side is an unwillingness to look at the truth of our lives. The truth of what's been. The truth of how things have been. The truth. There are people that don't have your best interest in mind. And that's the truth. And so how do you break the cycle of being the one that has caused the hurt? I remember a game, and I, I'm, I'm completely and utterly humiliated to tell you this this morning. I remember a game that some of my friends and I would play later in high school and in early college. And the whole point of this game was to see what we could get people to do. And it was all about humiliating people. I thought it was a game until I realized how much pain that I was a part of causing. And then I've been in relationships, family, that have friendships and dating relationships that were so damaging, so So how do you break the cycle of pain? And when you're quiet on me like this, there are times when you're quiet where I'm like, hey, are you awake? But when you're quiet on me like this, this morning, I know I'm hitting home. I know the Holy Spirit is 
So stay with me, okay? Either side. How do you break the cycle of pain? The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans, do not be conformed to this world. And uh, several versions, several translations say, do not be conformed to the pattern. Do not be conformed to the systems or the cycles of this world. Don't believe the way this world believes. Don't fall into the same thinking cycles that people who don't know Jesus believe. Don't be shaped and don't allow your thinking and listen to me. Don't allow your identity to be shaped by the way people who don't know Jesus find their identities. Your identity is not who you're with. It's not who you, what you make. It's not who you know. Your identity is all wrapped up and tied up in the personhood and in the victory of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't buy it. Don't fall for it. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I need you guys. Come on. I know we're some mixed services this morning. Would you shout transform me? Be transformed by the renewal of your bank account. Be transformed by the renewal of your career or the renewal of your popularity or the renewal of, of your people's opinions about, by the renewal of this crazy thing right here. <laughs> Renewed. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Because if not, we, that needs to happen. Why does that need to happen? That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Without that happening, without you and I being, being shaped in Jesus Christ, separate from us being shaped by him, if we buy into this world, if we don't have a transformed, made-up mind, it is going to be impossible for you and I to distinguish, to discern what the will of God is. Have you ever felt like you're just chasing yourself? Your, your tail around and around and around. I don't know what God wants me to do. You need a renewed mind. If our minds are not renewed, we're not going to know how to discover God's will for our lives. And Paul gives us the key family for breaking both cycles of pain, whether you're the one that causes the pain, which we are. I, I, I'm sorry if you, oh no, I don't cause pain. I don't, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I hear you guys do, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we all cause pain. And we all know what it's like to be hurt, all of us. And so Paul gives us, why do people cause pain? Why do people get in this cycle of being hurt over and over and over? Why? Why? It says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, 
So where your mind needs to be renewed, how you can judge whether you've been shaped in in, in the patterns of this world, in the cycles of this world, or in the things of God. I say to you, people who hurt people, I say to everyone among you, to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Boom, boom, boom. That's why we hurt people, because we get all full of me, me, me. It's like the way to break this cycle of hurting people is to get over yourself. The way to break this cycle of, I just hurt people so much. hurt people, that I don't mean to, but I just hurt people. How do I break that cycle? The reason is, is because you think too highly of yourself. And so if the people don't move the way, as fast as you think they should move, and if things don't turn out the way you think, if the world and everybody in your in your world, don't agree with you that it's all about you, then you hurt. You're going to cause hurt. And so the way you break the cycle of hurting the people that you love is humility. It's all about you, Jesus. Convince me in my mind God, others, me. God, others, me. Why wish you... God, others, me. Well, if everybody would just... God, others, me. In that order. And I'm here to tell you, it's God way, way, way out here. Others way, way, way out here. And me way, way, way back here. The greatest in the kingdom of God are those who are willing to be servants of all. Remember, family, I told you this. Christianity is about racing to the back of the line. It's about racing and running to be the back of the line, to be last. Because the last will be first. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, if you want to stop the cycle of pain, God, others, me. And so you know a lot of times in the Word of God, Jerry, you know this, a lot of times that when the Word of God comes straight at you and says, Here's a fact, here's a statement. You can also, a lot of times, not all the times, but you can look at the opposite too, and it's, it's saying the same thing. And so, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, and he makes it plain, everyone, right? Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think with sober 
judgment. So what that tells us, and it's important that you get this, that, that, that yes, yes, there are times when we can be full of ourselves. There are times that we can live in a cycle of being full of ourselves. But the opposite is true. There are millions and millions of Christians who think they're a piece of garbage, who think way too lowly of themselves who are living far below the standard that God has said they are. They've bought into this world. They've bought into family patterns. They think I can't do any better. I think maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe this is exactly what I deserve. You don't have permission to treat yourself that way. And so I'm saying to you this morning, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Because if you think you're weak, if you think you're stupid, if you think you're ugly and you're worthless, you have to run around and say, define me, define me, define me, define me, define me. Tell me who I am. Define me, define me, define. Then you're not thinking of yourself with sober judgment. Somewhere along the line, You were broken. And you believe and you listen to that brokenness. And so I want to tell you this morning that you are who God says that you are. There are times that I have to say to myself, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That your steps are ordered by God. You have, to, you have to tell yourself the truth. You have to speak louder than all of that garbage. It says you're nothing. You have to shake yourself and say, I'm a royal priesthood chosen by God. I am his son and I am his daughter and I'm a part of the royal family of God. How do you break the cycle of pain? Believing, thinking of yourself with sober judgment. I'm not any better than anyone else but I'm certainly not any worse than anybody else either. We're all in the same boat. We're all the same in God's eyes. And God says it's time to break the cycle of pain. So renew my mind, God. Help me to see myself the way you see myself. Not the way she does, not the way they do. Help me to see myself. Not by 
God, I, I know I've done all this stuff, and, and I, at, at some point, God, all this stuff, like if, if, I, if I do it, it, it is me. It's my legacy. God, help me to, with sober judgment, see myself the way you see me. Finally, family, the cycle of poverty. It's time to break the cycle of poverty. Do you know that poverty, hear me, do you know that poverty is a mentality? Poverty is a mentality. Poverty says, I got to hold on to everything I have so I can have. No, you can't get, you, no, you can't have, this is mine. This is mine. Because if I give to you, then what am I going to be left with? I, the poverty mentality looks at the little, the little that you might have and says, if I don't keep this, then I'll have nothing. The poverty mentality, hear me, the poverty cycle is idolatry. It says this very little that I have in my hands is all that I have. When the word of God says, He's what we have, that he's our source, that he knows what we need even before we ask. When the word of God lists all these promises for us, what the poverty mentality says is, yeah, but that's for those who already have stuff. I got to hold on to the little that I have or I'll have nothing. And the word of God is really, really clear about what God will do when people will, with plenty, with extra, excess, say, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. And when people with very little say, God, it's all yours. The problem with people who have excess and who have a lot and you have, it's like, okay, primarily this is all mine. God, here's your little bit. The smart people, and I'm here to declare to you this morning, the really blessed people understand all, like all the excess that I might have, what I have, what, all of it belongs to God. It's not just what I think I can afford to give him. And those are smart people who have very little. But you look at their lives and you see a lifestyle of generosity. Those are the people that understand no matter what I have, how, no matter how much or how little I have, it's all God's. It all belongs to him anyway. And so Paul is teaching us in Philippians He's talking to the church at Philippi and he's like, oh my goodness. Thanks, you guys. Oh, man. 
Thank you so much. You guys have been so generous. You know when I started out on my, on my, my missionary journeys and all that stuff, no other, no other churches would support me. <laughs> they, they didn't, but, but you guys have always been so generous to me. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's not that I'm writing you because I, need, I want you to send me more money or send me more support because I've learned to be content in any state. Ding, 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 ding. I've learned to be content when I have excess and when I have very, very little or none. I've learned to be content. So he's like, I'm not, this letter is not to manipulate you. This letter is to say, thank you for being so generous. Thank you. And in it, then... He says, because you have been so generous, because you've given out of your time of need, because you've given out of your excess, because your life is marked by a cycle, a pattern of generosity, guess what? And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's how it works, family. Yeah, but they can afford to give. I mean, did you see their car? Oh, gosh, on Facebook, they posted some pictures of their, of their house and stuff. And they, those people, they can afford to give. It's just little old 